Hi, this is Welcome to the End Times from Chipperish Media. I'm story expert and demon who invented selfies, Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm Southern Fried Scholar and a bit of a fallen angel, Dr. Kelly Jones. And we're here today to talk about Saturday Morning Fun Time, Good Omens Season 1, Episode 4. This episode was written by Neil Gaiman and directed by Douglas McKinnon. Of course you can trust me. I'm an angel. So let's go stop Armageddon. In Saturday morning fun time, the lost city of Atlantis rises from the sea, and Adam and his friends play in the woods around Lower Tadfield as Adam talks of whales and Tibetan sticking tunnels and aliens coming to Earth. You know, kid stuff. Aziraphale goes jogging with Gabriel, trying to get the word to the Almighty that Armageddon is coming, but he knows where the Antichrist is and wants to stop the war. Gabriel is not responsive. Up in heaven, the Archangel Michael is suspicious of Aziraphale and shows Gabriel pictures of Aziraphale and Crowley together. Michael calls Liger and tips him off about Crowley. Crowley, meanwhile, is trying to find a place to run. Alpha Centauri, perhaps. The International Express delivery man brings a crown to pollution and it instantly turns corrupt and black in their hands. Back in his truck, the delivery man sees who his next package is for, writes a goodbye note to his wife, then sees death as he gets hit by a truck. His delivery is a simple message. Come and see. On his way to Tadfield, Newt comes across a couple of aliens with a message of peace and goodwill, and then a little bit later, runs his car off the road, avoiding two Tibetans tunneling up through the asphalt. Adam and the them bring Newt to Anathema's cottage, where she tends to his injuries. Adam hears voices whispering, make it happen, make it real. And when his friends leave, he snaps at them. Meanwhile, Haster meets a bunch of demons in the fields of Megiddo, only to discover when Warlock arrives that the great plan for the big war is missing an Antichrist. While Crowley watches a movie, Haster reports that Warlock is not the Antichrist. He threatens Crowley and Crowley runs. Meanwhile, at Jasmine Cottage, Anathema brings Newt up to date, and Newt tells her that Adam Young is the Antichrist. In the woods, Adam forces his friends to come with him and discusses his plans to end the world, except for the four of them. Crowley rushes to find Aziraphale and asks him to run off to Alpha Centauri with him. Aziraphale sends him away. He wants to stay and try to stop the war. At Crowley's house, Haster and Leaker show up looking for Crowley. Crowley takes Leaker out with holy water, destroying the demon completely, and then races through the phone line with Haster in chase. Crowley comes out of the phone, but Haster gets caught in the answering machine. Michael, Uriel, and Sandalfoot confront Aziraphale outside his bookstore. They hit him, shocking him. They're angels! They're bad, bad angels, y'all. They're bad angels. They're such bad angels. <laughs> Aziraphale is going to register a complaint. At the Witchfinder office, the pen Shadwell put in Lower Tadfield to track Newt pops out repeatedly. Madam Tracy gives him the money to take a train to Tadfield and save Newt, and he decides to go get more money from Aziraphale. At Jasmine Cottage, Anathema and Newt have sex during a tornado, as it was foretold, while Adam rants at his friends, further terrifying them. At the bookstore, Aziraphale summons the Metatron, the voice of God, and says he knows where the Antichrist is, and they can stop the war. The Metatron says they don't want to stop it, they want to win it. The Metatron orders Aziraphale back to heaven. Shadwell breaks into the bookstore and accuses Zeraphel of being a demon and gets out his bell, book, and candle to banish him. While he's engaging in this theater of the absurd, he accidentally backs Zeraphel into the summoning circle, which is still charged up from the visit with the Metatron, and Zeraphel vanishes. 
All right. So, Dr. Jones, tell me, how did you like Saturday morning fun time? So this is not my favorite mm-hmm. of the run of the show. I mean, there are things in here that are delightful. Yes. But I, I'm just wanting more mm-hmm. of Crowley and Aziraphale. Um, although I have to say the opening with the Pleasure Cruise captain yeah. was sort of fantastic. <laughs> You know, and he is so nonchalant and Mm -hmm. charming. Mm -hmm. You know, the high priest has just won the coit. uh, Is it coits? I don't. What is that? I looked it up. It's it's kind of like shuffleboard. Is it okay? Because I've never heard that word before. Yeah, apparently it's a game one plays on a cruise ship. Oh well, okay then. So (laughs) clearly, I have been hanging out with the wrong crowd. I know the games that people play in the alleys between the 7-Eleven and the drugstore. But. Oh, there you go. There you go. Like, you down for blackjack and poker, I'm your girl. But there you, you can start playing games on a pleasure cruiser, I don't know what you're talking about. But I did. I thought he was really mm-hmm. charming. Mm-hmm. And the whole Atlantis people yeah. coming on board the ship and all of that was really cute. What about yeah. you? Um, I uh, you know, I mean, again, like, okay, I've got the whole narrative issue with the fact that each of these episodes is not an independent narrative in and of itself. So, like, you have to look at it with all six episodes. So it's weird for me to talk about, like, each individual episode because I can't mm-hmm. really apply the narrative discussion until we get to the end. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't care for the cruise ship thing. I didn't care for the aliens coming down out of the sky. I didn't, like, the Tibetans tunneling up through, like, all that absurd stuff does Mm -hmm. not necessarily really appeal to me that much. Um, Again, I am here for Crowley and Aziraphale. Um, I loved a lot of, I loved everything with Crowley and Aziraphale. The one scene we get, you know, (laughs) Um, I loved uh, Aziraphale dealing with the, uh, the demon angels, which I I can't call them demon angels because we define our terms here. And that is confusing, but the bad angels, you know, the the angels angels. themselves are not actually that much better than the demons that Crowley is dealing with. Um, And Aziraphale struggling so much, you know, trying to do what's right. And there's this one moment that I just, absolutely love when um when uh gabriel they're running right and he goes you're a lean mean fighting machine and then he runs away and he's like what are you and Aziraphale goes soft yeah <laughs> and i was I'm like soft. oh my god i mean really so much like the best part of this narrative is Aziraphale's internal conflict mm-hmm. with being good you know and with being strong and like but he he is kind of weak, you know, and he is kind of a coward. And so trying to like for him to try to find his courage through this process. And I mean, one of the things that I actually like about this episode is that this is kind of the episode where he really does like he challenges Gabriel. He mm-hmm. challenges, he stands up to the angels, you know, or not stands up to them that much. But when they come down, like when he's up in heaven, he's kind of like, oh, okay, okay, you know. Um, but when he's down in, um, by his bookstore and the three of them come and Sandalfun hits him in the stomach, which is a terrible, terrible thing. The shock and betrayal on Aziraphale's face is just, oh my God, it's awful, you know. Um, we're angels, you know? Um, so I kind of like that in that moment, like he really does find his courage and he, um, he has this moment where Crowley comes for him and says, I'm going to Alpha Centauri, come with me. Right. And you have to understand like he has loved Crowley for 6,000 years Mm -hmm. and here they are at the end of the world. Right. 
the the cowardly you know choice to make in that moment is to just go with the man that you love and run you know but he wants to stay he wants to save the world you know um and he's not going to leave if there's a chance that he can avert this war and um and even with crowley you know and he loves crowley you mm-hmm. know and crowley loves him i mean i love that crowley could have just you know hot footed it out of there but instead he came for Aziraphale like honestly I love that I think that's fantastic but I love Aziraphale kind of finding his courage he summons the Metatron you know and it's it's one of the like the decision the choice at the moment where he turns down Crowley and Crowley comes in and says I'm sorry I apologize whatever it was I'm sorry you know and he's apologizing so it's not just about the you know the fight it's that he is not going to abandon Earth. He's yeah. not going to abandon these people. And that moment was so heartbreaking oh, because, God, you know, know, Crowley is like, okay, hell realizes that this is my fault. We need to mm-hmm. run away together. You know, Angel, I'm sorry. And I'm like, yeah. first of all, oh, my God. When he calls him Angel. Oh, yes. Oh. But, you know, Aziraphale's trying to tell him, you know, no, I'm trying to talk to God. I'm trying mm-hmm. to stop this. And Crowley says, you're so clever. You know, how can somebody as clever as you be so stupid? And and so, you know, Crowley is is unraveling this last little bit of fate that Aziraphale has. Yeah. And Aziraphale just comes back with, I forgive you. I know. Oh, my God. Is that not the most beautiful, wonderful expression of love? It's so beautiful. And, of course, you know, Crowley being Crowley takes off and leaves and is like when I'm in the stars I won't even think about you and you're like oh honey no Um, but Aziraphale had that chance you know to just run away with him and he he's really trying to make a difference and and when you know Michael and the the bad angels show up for him you know first of all I love that when they accuse him of consorting with the enemy you know, they say, don't think your boyfriend in the dark glasses yeah. will get you special treatment in hell. He's mm-hmm. in trouble, too. Yeah. And Aziraphale does not dispute yeah. this. I love yeah. that it just stands. He doesn't deny it. He doesn't deny it's, it. It's, there's no panic there that, oh, my God, they might think I'm gay. Like, it's exactly. not. Yeah, I love that. It's not, it's not that at all. And I love that it mm-hmm. just stands. Yeah. But then he's he's telling the angels, he's like, that's what being human means, mm-hmm. making choices. And mm-hmm. our job as angels is to keep all this working. Yeah. And then, you know, Uriel comes back with, well, you think too much. And they hit him. Yeah. Um, and so you really see him taking on this yeah. critical thought, you know, trying to get in touch with God, trying to make this argument, this case mm-hmm. that we don't have to let everyone kill each other. Like there, right. there is another way to end this. And he's willing to stay and fight. Even though he's getting the sense that it is hopeless. Yeah. No, I mean, I really love that. And I also love, too, that, like, when he makes that choice, it's not about what kind of angel am I. He -hmm. hasn't had an existential crisis. He hasn't even looked his own cowardice in the face yet, you know. But it's about I, I am not going to leave these people, you know, to die, to suffer and die. Like, I, you know, so I kind of like that, that we're not even textually acknowledging his struggle with his own cowardice. We're seeing him very organically rise above it, you mm-hmm. know, and I love that. I also love when you mentioned critical thinking, this moment with Crowley where he's yelling at God, 
Yes. And he says, I only ever asked questions. That's all it took to be a demon in the old days. Right? So we find out that his sauntering vaguely downwards was simply asking questions. It was the punishment for critical thought. And then, you know, we've got the Garden of Eden, right? Mm -hmm. They eat from the tree of knowledge. And then once they have knowledge, they are expelled, you know? So... This idea that that critical thought has been demonized, you know, Mm -hmm. literally demonized, you know, that if you ask questions, that's all you have to do to become a demon. And that's all Crowley did was ask questions, you know, Um, that is such a beautiful and evocative and crunchy piece of world building. We don't do anything with it. But no. I love it. But I love it. And I, I loved, you know, Crowley and Aziraphale both talking to God in their mm-hmm. own way. Mm-hmm. And Crowley has so much anger, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I guess rebellion in him yeah. where he's like, no, I'm I'm out. I'm done with this. But he's yelling at God, you know, you shouldn't test them to destruction, not yes. to the end of the world. Yes. You know, so you have this fallen angel, this demon asking, essentially... For yeah. God to have mercy on the humanity that she created. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but that whole scene with Crowley, you know, where should I go? Not oh, the moon. God, There's no the gravity. papers in the air. Oh, my God. Oh, the, I love that. The extremely big book of astronomy and all the pages <laughs> it's coming out. extremely big. It's so great. Mm-hmm. But then if you pause it. Mm-hmm. At one certain place, and you see the red fiery planet, and you zoom in, it is labeled Gallifrey. And the Doctor <gasps> oh, Who. Oh my God. Yes. And I looked it up and double checked an interview I with Neil Gaiman that. to be sure. Yes. But oh my oh. God, the Doctor Who Easter eggs in this make me so freaking happy. Well, I know that you know this. Not everybody may know this, but Neil Gaiman wrote some of the best episodes of Doctor Who that exist. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's it's so it's yeah. so delightful. Yeah. And um and I went back to the first episode mm-hmm. um and the license plate on Mr. Young's car. Yeah. Is Tardis spelled backwards? Oh, and then when he God, meets Crowley, he calls him Doctor. All the details. Well, I'm a Doctor Who nerd. Um, <laughs> I love so, it. oh my God, it made me so freaking mm-hmm. happy. You know, and then we get the little exterminate from the kids when they're talking about yes. you know what they yes, would say. Yes, yes, I, I actually caught that one. <laughs> yeah, I missed the other was, two. So we had a so Doctor good. Who freebie in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's funny because there's actually some similarity between Mm -hmm. Crowley and Aziraphale and the doctor, you know, where they're essentially trying to save a planet that is Mm -hmm. not theirs. Yeah. You know, um, and, and there's, there's deep love and there's fury in the doctor and it comes across in each of them in ways that I just, I find absolutely wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody on Twitter said they're doing a drinking game whenever we say delight. So I'm trying right? to limit my delightfuls. But I am so fucking delighted. So drink, baby. They will um, die. Yes, I'm very sorry. Please. I know. I know. Drink responsibly. Please but. speak to your doctor before doing a drinking game based on us saying the word delight. Yeah. Especially that's be in the show. No, I um, love I love the whole. I mean, we actually, you know, like have this bingo card idea that i've been <laughs> yeah we need like, to do the bingo. Lonnie tortures a metaphor that's a bingo card <laughs> like 
Lonnie says, need specifically to delight me. That's a bingo card. It would be Lonnie really talks fun. about terroir. That's a bingo card. Um, so, like... <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's great. Um, and the other thing that really delighted me in this, besides Carlina's Airfell, which was mm-hmm. which was great, um, there were two things that, that really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. And one is pollution. Oh. Being... A non-binary character with no, the pronoun of they. I love that. They gave him the great. pronoun of they. It was yes. so fantastic. And the um, the delivery man, though, kept calling them sir. Yes. You know, yes. even though I think if I was to look at that character, mm-hmm. I would read that character coded as more feminine than masculine. Yeah. Um, but I love that it's a non-binary. I love that it's a they. I love, I mean, oh my God, just that little bit of yeah. non-binary representation inches us toward more normalization. Yes. It you was know, so great to see. Wonderful. It was so, and not so a big great deal. to see. Not no. a big deal. We didn't make a big deal out of it. I not a big deal that. at all. Yeah. Um, and, and Crowley watching the claymation cartoon at the theater. Mm-hmm. Oh, was God. so it was just so <laughs> cute and so out. funny but the bunnies that are yes. on screen mm-hmm. neil gaiman voiced the noises of the bunnies oh which i thought was really great I and it was it. like that's so cute it's yeah. so cute mm-hmm. um so those two things made me really really happy and then we get the thing that just lit up my heart to no mm-hmm. end that that may it may overshadow even gallifrey yeah was Aziraphale dancing. Oh. Oh, God. The The joy. (laughs) Yes. The absolute joy on that man's face. Mm -hmm. And somebody took that clip of him dancing the gavotte and set it to Queen Somebody to Love. Oh. With perfect timing. And it is on Twitter and everyone should watch it. Oh, I need to see that. It's absolute magic. Like the fandom and the response Mm -hmm. to this show has been as much fun for me as actually watching and loving the show. Yes. Um, Especially this week when we Mm -hmm. hear about the people signing the petition. Oh my God. I know we got to talk about that, right? Oh my God. It's sitting it to Netflix. I know. Okay, for everybody, for everybody who doesn't, who hasn't like seen this, because there actually are, I believe, some people who aren't on Twitter. It's weird. Um, Wow. Yeah, I know. They're out there. A Christian group uh, decided that uh, Good Omens was celebrating Satanism, you know, um, because they ironically had a group of Satanist nuns, right? So they freaked out and they got this, you know, petition and they had like 20,000 signatures and they sent it to Netflix, which is great because Good Omens is produced by Amazon Prime. It's so great. So, and then yeah. Amazon retweeted that. I mean, Amazon Prime tweeted this <laughs> right. and said, hey, Netflix, we'll cancel Stranger Things, which is right. a Netflix show, if you cancel <laughs> Good Omens. <laughs> and then Netflix UK responded to the petitioners and said, okay, we won't do it again. Okay, like, we won't do it again. <laughs> oh, it's so great. Like, it is so. I absolutely love it. So great. I so I think. That Netflix and Amazon have an arrangement mm-hmm. like Crowley and Aziraphale. Oh, and which it's one so is Aziraphale? Great. Oh, well, I, I mean, know. clearly Amazon is evil, so Amazon is yeah. Aziraphale. I mean, it's, it's Crowley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazon would have to be Crowley, but yeah. I mean, but then again, Netflix canceled Buffy, so I'm torn. Um, yeah, no, that is hard. No, nope, yeah. no, nope, Amazon. 
Yes. Amazon absolutely wins. <laughs> yeah, okay. Amazon, Amazon is evil, but I can't live without it. Hassan Minaj is <laughs> this great half hour of Patriot Act, which is on, by the way, Netflix. Um, and uh, does this great half hour about Amazon where he's like, I know they're evil. I know they're awful. I know they treat their workers terribly. But they deliver stuff to my house in a day. <laughs> you know, and he's like, I can't, I can't quit Amazon. So I get it. You know, we're all in the pocket of Amazon. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> I guess they won't but, be promoting this podcast. Uh, yeah, probably um, not. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. probably not. But that's probably okay not. because yeah. you know we go in league with the the forces of darkness when we have to. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but that whole exchange was yeah. just priceless it was yeah it just made me so happy i couldn't even it, it was it was really really fun it was really really fun okay so here's the thing um okay one quick thing that i want to talk about um which was just a little detail that i noticed aziraphale's outfit mm-hmm. is that actually like hundreds of years old because i just realized and i mean honestly like i i realized that i noticed it when he was jogging with gabriel how ragged his vest under his coat is and I was like, oh, that's weird. It looks like he spilled bleach on it or whatever. And then I went back and I was like, has it always been like that? Was there a bleach scene that I missed? Like, I don't remember this. I went back and looked and it's always been really worn and really, you know, kind of like like faded out in a lot of places. And it's a detail in the costume that I had never picked up. But it's like he's been wearing that same outfit for hundreds of years. Yeah. Well, he said he kept the coat clean for thousands yeah. of years. Yeah. You know, or hundreds of years, a long yeah. freaking time. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It Maybe Crowley gave it to him. Yeah. Oh, the coat doesn't look <laughs> that old, but the vest, the vest yeah, underneath looks really old. Um, And I mean, I love the outfit. The outfit's fabulous. And I cannot wait for Halloween when people go out. Oh, as Crowley God. As yes. Yes. The next con do that. Oh, where everybody's man. dressed up like that. I oh, know. my God. I yeah. know. I'm going to love it. It's so and, great. And there were a couple of really great little fun things in here. Uh-huh. Like, the international delivery man has a name. Mm-hmm. He's Leslie. He has a real He's name. Leslie. And we got to and see Maud, who is we got to goddamn Maud. adorable. Oh, and she's I Maud love was you. there for 30 seconds, but she was yes. adorable and I loved her. I loved the way she's given him like these people have clearly been married for a long time. <laughs> she's uh-huh. just flirting with him as he goes to work. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. I yeah. love you, Tiger. It's so cute. I know. It's, it's so, so cute. cute. And then that makes it all the more sad at the mm-hmm. at the point where he's doing the delivery for death. Yeah. He sees who he's doing the delivery for and he just writes this little note. I love you, Maude. And it's leaves so it behind for her. And then walks out. The, tr- the truck passes him, you know, and he looks like he's just escaped it. But of course, then sees his dead body on the floor and delivers his message to death. And it's um, the, the, the International Express delivery man. I mean, a lot of this stuff that's on the aside, mm-hmm. I don't typically care for that much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it doesn't okay get ready to drink it doesn't delight me but um but this i thought was i don't know there's something i I enjoyed that scene in the book and i enjoyed it here i think because we do have this moment of just really lovely humanity from this character in the middle of one of those kind of absurdist funny little asides that they do you know i like it I really liked when he told maude that the head office said this job was booked six thousand years ago I know that's so cute. It was so cute, and um, but I I really wanted. So usually when I watch the show, I have closed captioning on. 
Yes. Because I want to make sure I get the dialogue right. Mm -hmm. And I wanted so badly for Death's dialogue to be in all caps. Yes, but I know, wasn't. right? Because that's how it is in the book. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But whenever it wasn't. Death speaks, it's in all caps. Yeah. So, and maybe they can't do that on closed captioning, but it's possible that they might have standards that they have to. Yeah, maybe to keep with. I think yep. my closed captioning. I don't know if I noticed because usually my closed captioning is all all caps. Like it's always everything. Oh, interesting. Caps. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it depends on the settings or whatever the internal settings are or whatever. Okay. Anything, but yeah. Well, I would have liked to have seen that. And then I had really yeah. I had like a technology happy moment. Ooh. Um, because Michael calls Liger down in hell. Yes. Um, and first of all, they get fantastic reception. They but, do get fantastic reception. Her little glowing yeah, uh, that, iPhone. Yeah. That like super magic phone. And I was like, and all right, And then she Lonnie. blows on it to make it stop. Uh-huh. I was like, what do you think of the angelic technology? Um, I loved it. Yeah. Of course I loved it. I have a, I don't know. Have we, I think we've addressed my, my weirdness with technology, how much I love technology in this, in this, uh podcast but um i know i've talked about every single okay another bingo card for lonnie lonnie talks about technology um but i loved the uh i loved michael's phone i loved how glowy the effect was um you know that it looks like a a smartphone that any one of us would have Mm -hmm. you know and yet it's you know it's just this glowy kind of magical iphone um so i really did enjoy that i thought that was very cute i thought that was very cute too um and cute we got some really i think a couple of of cute really cute moments from the Mm -hmm. them yeah Mm -hmm. so when they are at ananthema's house and she offers them candy yes you know pepper and brian are like we don't take sweets from witches but (laughs) winsleydale says i do i do i do and i like him kind of doing his own thing you know and and then Pepper had a moment where she just stole my freaking heart. She was, mm-hmm. they were talking about whales. Yeah. And she's like, well, if they're so clever, what are they doing in the sea all day? Just <laughs> swimming and eating things. And oh my God, I want to be a whale. Uh, it was so cute. It was so Pepper cute. Pepper really is the best. I yep. love her in the beginning where she's like, if I was an alien, I would be going around giving messages of global peace and goodwill. I'd say this is a laser blaster. Prepare to die, rebel swine. <laughs> I was like. Pepper's my girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very cute. She was very cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also really like the triplet demons. Um, mm-hmm. But I felt bad for them because Haster is an asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just blowing people up left well, and right. He's a, he's a demon. So, yeah, I mean. But he's like, know. I don't know. And there's three of them. Vicious. He can go yeah. through them, I guess. I guess. <laughs> uh, but I really like the one of them that changed the forces of darkness to Dark Force One. Right. Oh, oh it's like, yes. so cute. Right for economy, baby. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and of course, Crowley is in selfies. Mm-hmm. Oh, that right. Was, exactly. That was so funny. But I did not get the one big avocado joke. Did you get that joke? I, I, I thought it was another absurd thing. Okay. It's just because it's weird. I, like, I did I mean, not get it. I, I think just... that's the, I think the joke is, this. okay, if somebody out there has another reading of that joke, I just thought it was one of those, you know, we grow avocados. It's just funny because yeah. it's so, it's so bizarre. It's so that's absurd. It's going to be a big you know? avocado. I'm like, okay, I don't, I have a yeah. fairly flexible, dirty mind and I just didn't <laughs> get it. <laughs> I don't get it. So maybe it's just something incredibly obvious that I I'm missing. I thought it was absurd. I, I, don't, I don't think it was anything more than that. Just It's just like the, there are two ideas in conflict with each other, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, but then we get to like 
a section of this that I did not love, mm-hmm. um, which is Anathema and Newt. And oh, I like them God. separately, but together they have no chemistry. Yeah. And maybe that's the point because they're, you know, they're having sex because it's in the book that they're going to have sex. So maybe right. it's supposed to be really, really bad, but it I looks just terrible. I, I really feel like I have to make a couple of PSAs here. Yeah. So one is <laughs> if there's somebody in your bed and you're going through their belongings while they're unconscious and you find a Witchfinder Army badge in their wallet, don't fuck them. Yes. Like, like, but don't s- fuck the Witchfinders. Don't Let's fuck the Witchfinder. That shit, right? Right. Like, <laughs> yes, take away their matches. Yeah. No, do not fuck them. Like, this is this is a simple flowchart that yeah. you can follow. And, and okay, my other question is, and again, fairly flexible and dirty mind, Mm -hmm. but sex under a bed? No. I, I, like, No, it's terrible. It's terrible for a million reasons. First of all, it's the end of the world. And Agnes is writing about who Anathema has sex with. Like, because, please, in the middle of Armageddon, we must have a woman giving sex to a man not to mention the fact that it is his first time right so he is going to be inexperienced they're in the middle of a tornado and the thing is that you know when you're with somebody who it's their first time you got to take some time to like teach them how it all works you know yeah don't put somebody behind the wheel of a car without showing them the gear shift you know what i'm saying so like there's that and they have no time for that right so it's this whole like it's all weird and it looks like it's terrible and when they kiss it looks like two blocks of wood smashing together. It's terrible. <laughs> it's so the bad. The whole thing as a sex scene is terrible. Plus the romance, like the, there's no chemistry. There's no sense of these two as like being fated to be together. Like it's all so weird. And, um, and I, I don't know, like it, it drives me crazy that like, I mean, I get like, you know, in the fiction, Agnes gets the the visions that she gets. She sees mm-hmm. what she sees. And if that's what she saw, then she wrote it down. But at the same time, two male authors wrote this fictional story. Like yeah. that is a deliberate choice that they said, okay, so here we have this brilliant woman whose entire life has been about defining these prophecies that 400 years of her family couldn't figure out. She figures everything out. She goes to this place. She does all this stuff, right? But her job is to be, you know, the woman that Newt fucks. And that to me is so irritating. It grates on me, you know, because basically her job through this whole thing, after everything that she does is to be the woman that Newt fucks and be the woman that brings Newt to the other thing that he can fuck up. Yeah. Right? With, yeah. Which we get to later with the um with the computers. Right. So because I'm me like, crazy. what is even the point? Like, yeah. what is even the point of them having like I could pick because other Newt's characters a man and he needs to in get the story. I guess. Like yeah. before he dies. So yeah. oh poor baby, it's the end of the world. Let me roll you under the bed. Like I, Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I, no. No, mm-hmm. it's just terrible. It's just yeah. terrible. It's just terrible. It's just terrible. It's it's <laughs> it's it's just bad. Um, and then we get you know much more of Shadwell than I wanted. Um, oh, even God, though it Shadwell. was fun to see mm-hmm. the pen in the map catch on fire. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he admits to being a bad man, even though it's for the wrong reasons. But then he doesn't do a damn thing to change. Right. Yeah. You know, and then he comes and burns down a fucking bookstore. 
and which sends of Zerophel. all the things that Shadwell did, oh, God. like that is the thing I know you will never forgive. Never, never he burnt down the bookstore. No, he is yeah. he is the literal worst. Mm-hmm. And but before like he lights it on fire, there were two kind of funny great things here. Mm-hmm. When um, we go to the bookstore with Aziraphale and he's trying to call on God, I love that he has this round rug that perfectly covers the rune on his floor. Like, yes. it is exactly the same size. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Aziraphale says, I'm looking for a higher authority. Is anybody there? Mm-hmm. So he's expressing a little bit of doubt and concern. And then when the Metatron answers, we see that Aziraphale doesn't even know the voice of God. Mm-hmm. Like he's this angel and he's supposed to be connected and he has all this faith, but he's never yeah. actually talked to God. Yeah. You know, which I just thought was really interesting. And, mm-hmm. you know, you see him so badly wanting to save everyone and all of his hopes just die. Wait a minute, though. But he has spoken to God. God well, came to him after oh, last yeah, that's week. right. Last so then, week, God came to him and said, where's the flaming she sword? She did. So when he said, yeah. is this the voice of, am I talking to God? How does yeah. he not know that that's not her voice? Maybe God takes different forms at different uh, times. Maybe. I mean, I guess it's God. Yeah, because I was like, <sighs> you know, yeah, yeah, you're right. He has heard from God before. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, that was yeah, confusing to me. Um. You know, and when the Metatron says we thought a multi-nation nuclear exchange would be a nice start, you just see mm-hmm. his, you know, his face just crumples. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, Shadwell busts in and shenanigans ensues. But I did <laughs> think, I did think it was, it was cute. It was funny for this one little section. Shadwell says, you monster seducing women to do your evil work. And Aziraphale's like, I think you've got the wrong shop. No. Oh. oh. Like, that was funny. To me, with my Mm -hmm. head cannon about a Zerophel. And then Michael Shane said, oh, fuck. So perfectly. Mm -hmm. He nailed it and he brought that to life. And it was wonderful to see. It is really nice. But, you know, stupid Mm -hmm. fucking Shadwell and his stupid fucking fire setting the bookstore ablaze. And like, I don't give a damn that it's Armageddon and the end of the world and aliens and witches and the Antichrist. Like, you don't burn down a goddamn bookstore. There are certain things that are sacred. Amen. Shadwell. Yes. I mean, damn it. Yes. yes. So I hate him quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He's not good. Even Michael McKeon, who nope. I usually like, Mm-mm. is not saving Shadwell for me. No. I don't I don't think that character can be saved. And that's okay because sometimes there are characters that we're supposed to hate and this is mine. I guess, and that's fine. <laughs> I think that that's fine. All right. So, Dr. Jones, this entire episode, which, eh, you know, eh, it's okay, right? <laughs> um, what's your favorite adaptation? So, my favorite adaptation is the whole scene of Crowley trying to decide where to go. Yeah. And the extremely big book of astronomy with the flying Aww. pages and Gallifrey <laughs> and the Doctor Who references. But just him yelling at God and floating the globe and sending the book yeah. flying and all the places that he's trying to decide between is just wonderful. It is. It's really nice. What about you? Well, I mean, I think my favorite adaptive choice is kind of like the same adaptive choice that have kind of like run through all of these episodes which is the pressure that the uh the bad angels are putting on Xerophel. like we've always had you know even in the book we've got the uh the demons that are coming after crowley you know uh to have this pressure on a xerophel mm-hmm. and to have xerophel kind of really face them down and still continue to fight 
Um, I really like that. I think that it's it's good. I'm not sure that they utilize the antagonism of both sides terribly well, but I like that they've at least got it. Yeah. You know, they've at least got a matching pressure coming down on Aziraphale the way that they do on, on Crowley. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so what's your favorite part overall in this episode? Oh, God. It's got to be Aziraphale dancing the gavotte. Aww. It's just so great. <laughs> so, I will watch that clip over and over and over again. Aww. It's so good. good. So what about you? What's your favorite part? Um, Crowley. Crowley could mm-hmm. leave, could just go, mm-hmm. could just bounce. But he comes to get Aziraphale, runs out of the car. I'm sorry. I apologize. Whatever. Just yeah. get in the car and come with me. Because yeah. he doesn't want to go anywhere without Aziraphale. Yeah. And I just, I love that so much. He just pulls out of that car and jumps out and says, Angel. Angel. Yes, oh. honey. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So we want to hear about your favorite part. So join in the discussion on Twitter. Follow Lonnie at Lonnie Danrich and me at Dr. Kelly Jones and use the hashtag ChipperEndTimes. Welcome to the End Times and everything Chipperish Media produces is made free and ad-free by the generous patrons who support us to the tune of a dollar a month or more and make it possible for us to think of Aziraphale while we're off in the stars. Visit patreon.com slash chipperish to find out more. You can also show your support for Welcome to the End Times by going to Apple Podcasts and giving us a review or telling your friends about the show and Chipperish Media or scheduling your delivery 6,000 years in advance. We will be back next time with Season 1, Episode 5, The Doomsday Option. Until then, I only ever ask questions. That's all it took to be a demon in the old days. Mm-hmm.